What's up, everyone? Welcome to a late night episode of Talking Stuff, the Ohio State Recruiting Podcast, brought to you by Letterman Row. I'm Jeremy Birmingham. That's Spencer Holbrook. Um, we're trying to, you know, find enough stuff to talk about to make these shows worthwhile uh, because we are grateful for any opportunity to talk Ohio State sports and recruiting, uh, and especially grateful to our uh, sponsors at uh, Buyers Auto, who are once again taking care of us here at Letterman Row. Uh, if you're looking for an auto, please go to Buyers Auto and look at what they have available for you. Um, we're talking recruiting as per usual. I said last week, Spencer, that you know there's not a lot of stuff happening, and so we're kicking around um, kind of the same topics most weeks and and looking at the the gradient changes, just a little bit of nuance. Um, about a month ago, I I said on this show that. Ohio State fans should start getting a little bit worried about J.C. Latham because a player that is a five-star offensive tackle has been a very top target for Ohio State for a long time. It started to feel like that relationship was tilting and that his interest was tilting towards Alabama. Uh, I know for a while there I was kind of on an island in that, but um, this week – uh, J.C. Latham has announced that he's ready to make a decision. There is no planned commitment date. And after he made that announcement on Saturday evening on Twitter, again, I posted on, on Twitter and social media that I, I thought it was bad news for Ohio State. Um, the next morning, Sunday morning, all the, the crystal balls and predictions started to go back towards Alabama. And at this point, here we are Monday night. It seems like everyone's pretty much resigned to the fact that when he does make an announcement, if it's this week, anytime soon, that it's going to be Alabama. And uh, that sucks for Ohio State, right? You put a lot of time and energy into this dude, um, and things just fell apart. It's not that Ohio State put a lot of time and energy into him. They put a lot of time and energy into a five-star that they had. If, if, if J.C. Latham makes a visit to Ohio State in the spring, it's very likely – we're talking about a different outcome. And I think that's the part that's the part that's the worst thing to digest if you're Ohio State. Because at this point, if you if he makes that visit and you don't have obviously ifs and buts, if you don't have coronavirus, JC Latham's probably posting an Ohio State graphic. But that's just the way recruiting works sometimes. And this is an extraneous circumstance. It just sucks for Ohio State. Yeah, I mean, the, the reality is J.C. Latham had a scheduled commitment date of April 18th for months, and the plan and his part was to make an official visit to Ohio State, to make an official visit to LSU, and then make an announcement that Ohio State was the perceived leader and had been for a while. This whole thing kind of started to tilt in the Crimson Tide direction around the NFL draft as Jedrick Wills came off the board as another offensive lineman in the first round for Alabama. They've been able to kind of point to these dudes in the last few years like Jonah Williams and now Wills and say, hey, we're producing NFL talent at all, just like Ohio State is, but our offensive linemen are going in the first round. And you, you wonder how much better Ohio State would have been prepared to combat that if Wyatt Davis and, and Josh Myers had decided to go pro this year because the Buckeyes could have easily said, well, yeah, we have two guys going in the top 40 as well. Um, but the history of what Alabama's done on the offensive line, the depth that they have compared to the depth that Ohio State has at offensive tackle, really started to play a part in this process for J.C. Latham. Um, and on top of that, 
I, I hinted at it when we first talked about it. There's some some changes in his family situation and personal life that changed who the influencer was really in his life and had been his dad for a while. Uh, and now he's living in Chicago with his mother as he waits to get back to the IMG Academy in Florida. And that's why, you know, last month I did our, um, our class prediction. And I said that the Buckeyes needed JC Latham to get back to normalcy and regular life, get back down to IMG, get there as fast as possible so that they can kind of have an idea of, of what's going on and, and normalize his, uh, his day-to-day life. But ironically, it may have been the relationship with Evan Neal, who's a former IMG offensive lineman who's out of Alabama, that really kind of turned this in uh, the Crimson Tide's direction. But uh, there's no doubt Ohio State's going to continue to recruit J.C. Latham. I'm not saying there's no chance that he's going to flip and change his mind. Um, But right now, all bets are on Alabama, and that's where it's going to stay. So the, the Buckeyes, Spencer, have to make a decision. Is that depth, that offensive tackle, good enough to eschew the position the rest of the way in 2021 and, and, and bank it for 2022? Or do they go after Tristan Lee and Garrett Dellinger, the other two top tackles that have been on the board, really aggressively and try to get something out of those guys? I don't think there's any harm in going after Tristan Lee or Garrett Garrett Dellinger. Uh, but I will say this, you know, you've got Dewan Jones, you've got Paris Johnson, you've got uh, Grant, Grant Tutan, is he, he a tackle? He Josh Fryer. Josh Fryer could be a tackle. And then, well, by the way, you've got your 2021 class. You've already got Donovan Jackson, who originally was a tackle. Now he's listed as a guard. You've got Ben Christman. In 2022, you've already got Tegrit Tashab Tashabola. I'm going to yeah, get that. You, and, and, and you could also still have Nick Petit Frere for two years. So you do have some, some pieces to move around if you're Ohio State. It's not – it's not like Ohio State is going to be thin if they don't come up with another option at tackle. And I don't think Ohio State's going to take a tackle just to say that they took a tackle. Right. So I think that's the thing we need to remember here. J.C. Latham off the board now. If they don't, if they choose not to go after Dellinger or uh, Tristan Lee, I think it's just kind of okay. Let's let's cut our losses here, move on to 2022, and let's get another top tackle prospect in 2022 and and refill those cupboards. Yeah, as I was talking uh, to a source on Saturday after the J.C. Latham tweet went out, I was told pretty point blank that Ohio State felt that they were in the top two for Garrett Dellinger with LSU. Today, Monday, Alan True from 247 Sports reported that Dellinger is making a decision on June 24th. So this first domino that's coming with J.C. Latham probably happens before the 24th. And then that second one could happen very quickly. I don't know that I would say that I'm confident the Buckeyes are the leader for uh, Dellinger. I think they're still playing from behind from what I was told. But if his family and, and, and he decide that, hey, maybe we want to stay a little bit closer to the Midwest, his brother played at Kent State. He does have uh, – his dad travels a lot. He's in the uh, – he was overseas for months. Of them. I mean, Dellinger never made an official visit to Ohio State in the early part of the spring – because he wanted to wait till his dad got back from overseas to, to take one in May. That obviously didn't, or I'm sorry, in early June, that obviously didn't happen and won't happen. So now with a decision coming, I don't know if that lends to an LSU decision. I think it probably does, but um, the Buckeyes are in that mix very closely and they have a few weeks to try to root that one out. Tristan Lee, I mean, it seems like he's going to end up at Clemson. 
but Ohio State has stayed in the mix. They still talk to him pretty regularly. There's a fairly good relationship between him and Greg Studrara. But I think you're right, Spencer. I think the reality is Ohio State's not going to just go fishing for another offensive tackle if it's not one of those guys that are in that really top group. Yeah, and I think the other thing we need to remember here, and I'm not saying this is going to happen because those guys are the top of the board for Ohio State, even committed prospects. But like this fall, if they're allowed to take visits this fall, we have already talked about it. It could be the craziest decommitment cycle of all time. Yeah, and so absolutely. I'm not saying it's just with Ohio State targets, but guys that haven't even been on the radar for Ohio State could all of a sudden pop up on the radar if they decide to decommit from somewhere else. And so just because they don't land one of these top tackles, if, you know, Lee chooses Clemson, Dellinger chooses, uh, Clem- Dellinger chooses LSU, and Latham chooses Alabama, that does not mean Ohio State's out of the game for any of these guys, as well as other guys who are already committed that might have been on the board earlier in the process for Ohio State. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, again, I, I hate to keep be- being or feeling like I'm the bearer of bad news when we do these shows. And I know that you're, some people You're just would, the messenger, Burn. You're just I, the messenger. I think some fans would prefer that we pump sunshine all day long. And I, I would love to do that. I really would. But, you know, when the news is bad, then that's what I have to try to tell people it's coming. Um, and that's what I've started to try to do with Hudson Wolf as well, the tight end from... Uh, Savannah, Tennessee, who, uh, again, a decision is probably likely in the next week or so. Uh, from what I've been told, it seems like he's going to end up staying home to Tennessee. Uh, from what I've been told there, similar to the situation with J.C. Latham, is that uh, mom has kind of put her foot down and wants him to stay closer to home. Uh, and and that's going to be that. I mean, Ohio State felt extremely confident about Hudson Wolf a month ago, especially the players in the current class were very, very optimistic based on the way that the things were shaking out with Hudson. Um, but again, I mean, I don't want to keep just beating that drum, but when it comes to Troy Stilato, when it comes to Hudson Wolf, when it comes to J.C. Latham and Jagger Burton, Ohio State missing the opportunity to get those kids back on campus this spring and, and now the summer has pretty much knocked them out of the game for those recruits. And I mean, you could say the same thing happened with Jordan Hancock and Barrett Carter to a degree, even if they may have ended up at Clemson anyway. But, I mean, Jordan Hancock has essentially told me in the past that he was silently committed to Ohio State and had planned to commit publicly when he came up for his uh, end of April visit and never got to. So there's all these little moving parts, uh, but there's no doubt coronavirus and the inability to get people on campus this spring and summer have been a major blow to Ohio State because – you know, and I know I, I've, I get this question, well, isn't every school affected by this? Isn't every school affected by this? Yes, but Ohio State didn't bring anyone on campus in January and February because they were waiting until the spring. And so that's why they, they've, they've kind of taken a hit here. Um, I mentioned Troy Stilato, Spencer. He obviously committed to Clemson on Friday. What do you think that does uh, in, in, or means in the big picture for the Buckeyes recruit? Well, you said you'd love to, you know, Talk about sunshine and rainbows. I think uh, Ohio State fans will be actually relieved to see Stilato choose Clemson because that's probably good news about uh, Mecca Abuka, right? Or would you, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I mean, you'd certainly like to believe, and, I, and I've been told uh, from sources that I've spoken to, one of the things that Stilato had mentioned to Ohio State when letting them know that he was committing to Clemson was that he believed that Emeka Abuka was going to be committing to Ohio State at some point, and 
when the Buckeyes already have two receivers committed, if there was a fourth, it may be too many combined with the four from a year ago. And then you have Garrett Wilson and, and Cam Babb and Jamison Williams and all these other guys. Um, Clemson is obviously one of the top two or three programs in the country. If, if you have any slight advantage to get on the field faster at Clemson than you do Ohio State, I don't think you can blame a kid for wanting to take that opportunity. Um, and I, I hope fans don't, don't hear that and say, oh, he's afraid of competition or something stupid like that because these, these players have a very short shelf life of their career. And if you can get on the field faster, especially at a place like Clemson, it's not like he picked, you know, Kansas State or Kansas or somewhere like that. We're talking about one of the top two or three programs in the country. Um, it's kind of a win-win situation for a player like Troy Stilato. But as, as you mentioned, Spencer, it could also be a win for Ohio State down the road with the Mecca Abuka, as long as that relationship maintains uh, the current trajectory, which there's no reason to think it won't. Well, I, I want to add to that. There are times where players are truly afraid of good competition. This is not one of those times. Ohio, no, State, needs, Ohio State needs to understand – when you take four of the top 12 wide receivers in the country in one class, the next class, there might be some hesitancy from, from guys to join the class. And that's not a competition thing. That's just, wow, they are loaded at wide receiver. Why would I go there and catch 25 balls a year when I could go somewhere else and be the guy and still have just as good of a chance to win a national title? When you're right. when you're talking between Ohio State and Clemson, you're splitting hairs anyways. And if playing time is if early playing time is the deciding factor, I'm not going to blame him at all. Exactly. And you know, Clemson will have to kind of show him at that point. I mean, Clemson hasn't had a receiver over or under six foot two, you know, really make a splash at the next level. Um, so you know, Troy Salado is going to have to go in there and kind of break the mold of what people expect out of a Clemson receiver, but. That doesn't matter. I mean, it's, it's again, if, if you're choosing between Ohio State, Clemson, Alabama, Georgia, Oklahoma, LSU, like, you cannot go wrong. Um, and, you know, we talked about this months ago, months ago. Like, the likelihood was that Ohio State and Clemson were going to split Stilato and Abuka. And I, I think most Buckeye fans would be happy to have Abuka be the guy they take. You know, from a star perspective, obviously, he's the number one ranked receiver in the country. Um, but there's still work to do. The Buckeyes have to finish that one out, obviously, or, or, or end up risking missing out on both. But uh, Brian Hartline has certainly proven in the last couple of years that he's more than willing and able and capable of uh, closing the deal. So one final question. Um, so who do you think now is the main competition for Ohio State for Emeka Ibuka? Is it still Clemson? No, I think – the, the real challenge here, and, I, and this is going to get interesting, and we talked about it a little bit on, on the website uh, two weeks ago, but the, Washington is always going to be in play here. You can't discount the home team ever. Uh, Oklahoma is going to get interesting just because he, they, they've started to kind of make themselves known in that recruitment. If Caleb Williams commits to Oklahoma on July 4th, the country's number one ranked quarterback, um, according to 247 Sports, then Oklahoma, Washington, Ohio State will all have five-star quarterbacks committed and all five-star quarterbacks committed trying to recruit Abuka. I think that that's kind of the three schools um, that I would be most interested in seeing how it plays out. 
it really comes down to how long does Emeka Abuka want to wait? Is he confident that Ohio State's where he wants to go? I've heard both sides of that in recent weeks. There's some people who tell me he's, he's saying all the right things. There's some people who question whether or not he's using this delay as, a, as an excuse, I guess, to, to not have to commit to Ohio State um, and, and using it as a way to think about other options, which is fine, as he should. But uh, Oklahoma's certainly going to make that interesting. Ohio State is, is, uh, is the leader. There's no one that's really going to dispute that. But until it's done, it's not done. And you just have to keep grinding and doing the right thing. So for the Buckeyes, the country's top-ranked recruiting class uh, should be good enough for fans to understand that they know what they're doing. And sure, there's a couple hiccups right now. I'm telling you, and, and maybe there's no way to prove it, but J.C. Latham and Jagger Burton and Hudson Wolf and probably Jordan Hancock would all be committed to Ohio State by now if the 58-month dead period didn't happen. And that sucks for Ohio State fans, no doubt. But uh, I would just say that trust that Ryan Day and his group knows what they're doing. Yeah, there, there are Ohio. We we just talked about it last week. Ohio State can be choosy in who who it goes after at this point. It has the yeah. base that that you need to to fill out a number one class, and now you can just go after every five star that you can and and hope that you land some of them. And uh, you're not going to win every recruiting battle down the stretch. I think that's an important thing to note. Uh, you write yeah. you write about who they're recruiting, not who you know has interest in Ohio State. Who Ohio State has interest in, and. Uh, I think it's just it is interesting to to sit down and say, okay, Ohio State had huge wins in March and April on the recruiting trail when coronavirus was new and nobody really knew what was going on and it was all uh, kind of a new thing. And now that we're getting into the minutia of it, it, it seems that Ohio State's taking not a step back, but suffering a couple of losses that you would expect in any recruiting class. But the fact that they've been number one for so long, everyone just expected them to continue to elevate. And that's not always the case. Yeah, and I think it's not even – it's as much the fact that they have the number one class and people expect that to continue and to grow from it, but it's a handful of guys that they were in the lead for comfortably for a long time. But if situations change and, and opportunities change, um, and here we are, but, you know, again, Ohio State is the number one ranked class in the country. It's going to get better. They're going to keep adding to it. I'm sorry I can't constantly uh, pump sunshine. I would love to. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I'm done, Spencer. That's Spencer Holbrook. I'm Jeremy Birmingham. This has been Talking Stuff, the Ohio State Recruiting Podcast, brought to you by Letterman Row and our good friends at Byers Automotive. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening, folks. We'll catch you in a few days. Have a good time.